Glory be to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. You know, I love everyday wisdom sayings. And I love to take them apart to see what they mean for me and for our community as a group. Here's a phrase you know. Misery loves company. The smiles that I see lead me to believe that you understand this phrase. On the face of it, it means that miserable people will share their misery to make others miserable. <laughs> you see, misery can be a harmful emotional virus that affects others with its negativity, making the whole group miserable. There's a commercial I saw on television years ago. Television, not the internet. Television, years ago. Now on this commercial, a beautiful morning, on a beautiful morning, a, a woman named Jane cheerfully goes to work. And she's about to step on the elevator to her floor. And she notices her friend John, who's already on the elevator. Now John looks angry but she doesn't notice that about him. So she sa Jane says cheerfully, Hi, John. How are you doing? But instead of a cheery response, she gets a snarky, mean one. Hi, John. How are you doing? Horrible. Before she even gets a chance to respond, he runs off. He's off, uh, off the elevator. And she gets onto her floor. By now, Jane is angry. And then there's a nice guy who comes to her with flowers. But guess what? She takes the flowers and throws them on the floor, causing more anger. In what seems to be an hour later, we see the whole building erupting with people fighting. Meanwhile, that original, original miserable guy, John, walks away with a smile on his face. Perhaps thinking to himself, although my life is bad, it isn't as bad as everyone else here. Yes, you can look at this phrase, misery loves company in a cynical, and, cynical way, and you can imagine one truth. But I invite you to see something different. I invite you to see through the eyes of the Christian faith. Perhaps we could see a different truth. What if we understand misery loves company as people in their misery need company? Hurt people need a place to find acceptance, nurture, and help. In Luke's Gospel today, Jesus gives us the Sermon on the Plain. It parallels Matthew's better-known and longer uh, Sermon on the Mount. But unlike the Sermon on the Mount, which was directed towards the crowds of people following Jesus, as Jesus looks down the mountain to this crowd of people, Luke's Sermon is directed to the disciples of Jesus. And they are on the level playing field with him. He is looking straight into their eyes. 
And in Luke's sermon, Jesus teaches not what people have to do to enter the kingdom of God, but rather what you do if you're already committed to the new community of God in God's kingdom. As Jesus looks at his disciples, he states the obvious. Many of them are miserable. Some come from poor backgrounds. Some are nursing grief, mourning the loss of someone they loved. Some are, in frustrated, are frustrated in relationships. Some are finding it hard to trust. And some are from wealthy backgrounds, but they're alienated from God and another and their neighbor. And they move in life without meaning or purpose. Yes, those disciples that Jesus speaks to come from all walks of life. And Jesus invites them to share their burdens, saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the good news today from the Gospel of Luke is that in God's community, we share our burdens, helping each other, journeying with each other toward the kingdom, that vision that God has for us. Jesus teaches his disciples that though they are poor and hungry now, they are rich because of the kingdom of God, how it belongs to them. And yes, because of their commitment to Jesus' way of life, they are set apart. They are often ridiculed and insulted. And he reminds them that they are like the ancient saints and prophets who, like them, held on faithfully to a belief in God to be finally blessed by it. And he reminds them that those who do not choose to follow the way of Jesus, his way to the God's kingdom, concerned only with worldly affairs, they will meet their judgment day in time. No. It's not theology to help feel, make them feel good in their misery. Jesus gives them a vision of who they are, those disciples different from how the world sees them and perhaps how they see themselves. Jesus' vision helps them to know that in their challenges, they have dignity and worth. In their openness and humility to God, their pain does not define who they are. Yes, their suffering can have meaning as they focus on God and they can choose to bless the world with faithful, holy action. But Jesus' good news goes against what the world tells us. They tell us the human condition tells us that if we suffer or in pain, we suffer alone. And 
if we have challenges, we have to face them alone. You know, every man or woman for themselves. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps and deal with your problems. The world uses pain to define and make us who we are. And perhaps that is, ends up allowing us or ends up having us being bitter and angry. But Jesus reminds us how we deal with our challenges is a choice. We can choose to let our painful experiences make us bitter and angry and mean and make everyone else feel miserable. Or the challenges we have can awaken within us humility and compassion as we reach out to others for help or as we reach out to help someone else. I hope you know that God has knit us together to help each other. To not let the pain define us, but to help us to bridge together to create a better world. Today our church celebrates All Saints and All Souls Day. All Saints Day is November 1st and All Souls Day in the church's calendar is November 2nd. But our church rubrics allow us to remember the saints of the church and the souls of faithful church members on this Sunday, the Sunday after those holy days. Today, we will remember the saints who have gone on before us, the saints of the church and the souls of faithful Christians who have touched our lives. We will remember them as part of our living community, for as we remember them, they are alive to us. The English word for saint comes from the Greek word hagios, which is derived from a verb that means to set apart, to sanctify, to make holy. In Protestant churches like ours, a saint is not someone who is perfect. No. It is anyone who chooses Jesus and sets themselves apart to follow his way of love. We are made holy through our commitment to Jesus' way of love through our dedication to serving the world and our commitment to sharing the pain and joy of life together in community. If you think of people we consider saints, and you might remember them today, Martin Luther, that Protestant reform reformer, or Martin Luther King Jr., or Mother Teresa, or St. Francis, or St. Augustine, they are not holy because they didn't struggle if you look closely to their lives, they did struggle, and they struggled a lot. They had a lot of challenges individually. But in communities of faith that they were nurtured in, they saw their struggle and pain, and they used it to help transform the world. Their communion with God through the church community, community strengthened to strengthen them to serve and to make the world better. There's this wonderful phrase in our Eucharistic prayer C, which we are going to hear in a few moments. 
deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength, for pardon only and not for renewal. You see, the saints of God were renewed in strength to deal with the challenges they faced and then they were strengthened to help the world. So yes, we remember the great saints of the church and we remember the souls that have best our lives, those personal to us and their witness also. Perhaps it's a father or a mother or a grandmother or a cousin or a wife or a husband. We remember them today too because they have, they have showed us how faith means not letting their challenges or pain define how they lived in the world or loved in the world. They showed us that in spite of our challenges, challenges that we have before us, that we are an Easter people, always living in hope. So yes, misery does love company in the church. Friends, I invite you, saints of God, I invite you to share your burdens in prayer. Share them with God and share them in this community. And as we help each other journey together to make the kingdom of God a reality in our world. Amen.